Hi, everyone. This is Callie and Joan from Q&Abe, a podcast by President Lincoln's Cottage. As we talk to all kinds of folks about their perspective for the show, we sometimes end up with interesting things that don't quite fit in the main episode, but we don't think that should keep you all from hearing them. This bonus episode accompanies episode 4.3, Did Lincoln Ever Play Basketball? So if you haven't listened to that one yet, it might be a good place to start. Curtis Harris, our basketball historian, told us a little more about how the aftermath of the Civil War affected the ideologies and the social concerns behind the YMCA movement in which basketball was invented. Something important about just like the whole cadre of people, it's like the ideology was a muscular Christianity. So it evolved out of like the maybe the 1870s or so. Uh, It was really big in 1890s and early 1900s. The YMCA was just a part of this broader movement and as was Naismith. But these guys, uh, and also a few women, were really kind of distraught, some of them, about American society. Because, you know, you had 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 the Civil War. So clearly a very bloody affair. But the good part of it, from some perspective, was that those people had proven their masculinity and had proven their bravado and their strength through warfare. But when you're getting into the 1890s, you now have like a generation of people that are now growing up and coming of age that were... You know, they're the sons of Civil War veterans, but they themselves haven't proven their masculinity uh, in society. So they view sports as a really good way to show your masculinity. But also um, there's this countervailing fear of you didn't want to be too savage and too brutal because you also had mass immigration at that point. There are a lot of uh, like, you know, Italians and Eastern Europeans migrating to the United States and they were the ones doing the factory work. So people thought of them as like being like, you know, They prove their masculinity because they're doing hard jobs in factories and construction work, whereas uh, middle class, native born white Americans were like, well, we haven't fought a war recently, so we can't prove our masculinity that way. We don't do any rough factory work anymore either. We're all doing like office jobs. Uh, So they were kind of just feeling just under siege from a psychological standpoint um, and also viewing a lot of the immigration. So uh, there's a lot of that going into the creation of basketball as well. Uh, Not directly, but it's part of the larger kind of social and ideological thought process for a lot of these people. Uh, Although Naismith was less concerned with that than other folks, like Luther Gulick, he was very concerned about a lot of that stuff. But James Naismith was a little less less concerned about it. He was a little more chill about all those aspects. And Lynn Elmore spoke to us about how he tries to share the long arc of history with his students in order to contextualize the present. I think the favorite thing is history. I, I really want them to understand, and, and it really came to, came to full view, came to clarity during the aftermath of George Floyd and so many other unfortunate incidences um, where, you know, we were at a moment at that time. And, you know, you want that moment to continue to be a movement. It just reminded me of, of 1968. I was 16 years old, you know, watching you know, cities of flame uh, in the aftermath of the death of Dr. King, uh, even prior to that, watching, you know, the, the, the destruction of, uh, of or almost the destruction of, of communities, you know, because of the inequities. And also, you saw the birth and the growth of, of people um, who, you know, with the help of allies, if you will, tried to build something, you know, growing up, watching the civil rights bill being, the Civil Rights Act being passed, the Voting Rights Act being passed, watching the demonstrations and, and, and the positives that came to fruition. Also, 
you know, when, when you talk about the tragedies, as I mentioned, the death of Dr. King, Bobby Kennedy, you also saw the development of self-sufficiency and, and self-respect for a period of time through various causes. You know, we have Black Lives Matter today, but back then we had the Black Panthers, you know, who preached uh, the ideals of, of self-sufficiency, of community help, et cetera, et cetera. All these things that, you know, helped me grow as an individual. You know, the other day uh, we uh, kind of remembered the assassination of Malcolm X and what Malcolm X was able to preach and his moral evolution that ultimately embraced all people. So there are so many things that I want to talk to students about today based on those experiences that I've had and recognizing that history has a tendency to repeat itself. And in some way, shape or form, this moment, these last couple of years reminded me of, you know, 1968, a little bit before and certainly years afterwards. And it was kind of a turning point. But for, somehow we've stalled, you know, somehow we've found ways to avoid each other, communicating with each other and gone to almost separate poles in, in, in society. And we have that now. We've got to really make sure that we try to bring them back, bring us back together because, you know, we've never seen what happens when we go so far uh, to the separate poles that we kind of fall off. We haven't seen that. Maybe we saw it during President Lincoln's time. And, and that's not the ultimate, uh, the ultimate conclusion that we want. Because I fear that as we finally came back in a painful way from that civil war, you know, I'm not so sure if we had another one that we could come back. That's part of our goal as well, to help people understand the past so they can make decisions about what they want the future to look like. Thanks for listening and for coming along with us on season four. We look forward to talking with you again soon. This episode was produced by me, Joan Cummins, with Callie Hawkins and support from the President Lincoln's Cottage team. Music for Q&Abe was written, performed, and is copyrighted by Clancy Newman. Q&Abe is possible thanks to generous supporters of President Lincoln's Cottage. To find out how you can support this podcast and other programming, visit www.lincolncottage.org. You can also write to us at podcast at President Lincoln's Cottage is a home for brave ideas. Stay curious.